Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this Thursday evening? I'm doing good. You That's know. good. That's good. Yeah, you sent me your you sent me your screenshot of the temperature there. It looks like you guys are about to have a heat wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I told you, I told you it'll go 40 to 50 below zero. And then yeah. the following, and then it'll go right back up and won't get any higher um, than 40 above. But yeah. it yeah. looks like we're we're sitting at a pretty 20 above right now. Very nice. It's balmy. Um, it's balmy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, it's still on average yeah. like eight above, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um it it makes all the difference in the world though. Yeah, and and you want to talk about the Saturn Awards? Is that the award show that Superman and Lois won at? Yes, yes, that is. Yes, that was one of the uh, shows that was uh, did win uh, the Saturn Award for best superhero show. Uh, there were other ones in that category, uh, including the Flash, Doom Patrol, um, and, and several others that were, were nominated. And for folks who aren't familiar with the Saturn Awards, I mean, most of you probably are because you're, you're nerds and geeks like us uh, that know that this is the, uh, celebrates the um, genre as far as superhero and also uh, sci-fi and horror. Because of course, we know that many times these shows and movies get left out uh, in the uh, Emmys and the Oscars, so uh, the, the the Saturn Awards is is there for 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 genre, television, movies, etc. And uh, yes, yeah, so the Superman and Lois, uh, the most, most recent season, did win Saturn Award for best superhero series, and uh, of course, uh, Star Trek was uh, well recognized during the uh, ceremony as well. It got um, so Star Trek Picard season three. Won best sci-fi uh, series for for last year. It actually beat out The Last of Us and Andor and uh, several others. Um, it also uh, Patrick Stewart was won for best actor, beating out Pedro and um, Pascal and uh, Diego Luna and other other actors actors as well. Uh, Jonathan Frakes uh, won best supporting actor, uh, which. Uh, I think it's his first time he actually has won an award in in, in this Saturn Awards. I think Patrick Stewart's been not been an awardee before, but uh, I mean it's very. I mean Jonathan Frakes did probably his best work ever as Will Riker uh, in, 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 during his tenure of playing that character. So it was nice to see him awarded for that. Uh, Jerry Ryan uh, also won for Star Trek Picard season three for supporting actress and. Um, uh, Paul Wesley uh, won for guest actor on uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds and with his portrayal of uh, James Kirk. And then the cast of the next generation was recognized with the Lifetime Achievement Award. So, um, yeah, so that was the uh, big things from from genre, things that we've covered and talked about uh, here on the podcast or on my Star Trek show uh, that was been um, that was recognized this past Sunday at the Saturn Awards. Yeah, congratulations to everyone, all the winners yeah. and the nominees, yeah. um, because they say it's just an honor to be nominated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing you wanted to go over with all of us are the yeah. Disney is the Disney investor call. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot that uh, Bob Iger yesterday talked about, and it, and and it wasn't Gina Carano suing Lucasfilm. <laughs> His comment mm-hmm. back to that was, any comment. No, and but uh, he did have some real news to uh, to to break uh, several things. One, I know, and for folks who are really big into gaming, uh, Disney is uh, entering a partnership with uh, Epic Games. Uh, with you know, of course, Epic uh, makes the uh, Fortnite, uh, and uh, so of course now you have the whole slate of Disney properties. And they had a big, nice trailer with you know, with Marvel and Pixar and. Lucasfilm and all that um, with the with the uh, with with it with that announcement yesterday, uh, but also got information about the upcoming um, slate of films for twenty for this year, uh, 2025 and beyond uh, to 2026. And uh, of course we you know of course we know that you know, Inside Out is coming out. Deadpool three, uh, Agatha was confirmed to be coming out this year. 
Uh, Moana 2, which was a really big surprise, uh, is coming out in November. Uh, but it doesn't look like Lin-Manuel um, is, is scoring that one. But uh, but Moana 2 is coming out uh, in November. And then um, Mufasa, who I guess is the prequel for The Lion King, is coming out in December. Uh, for next year, in 2025, uh, we have, of course, Captain America. Uh, Fantastic Four is, is listed to be coming out. And I guess the little interesting note with that, I guess the SAG-AFTRA accidentally spilled the beans about Pedro's casting <laughs> um, on their uh, website yesterday. But uh, I think they quickly scrubbed that. But mm -hmm. uh, no official announcement, but that was something that did happen. A few people, Eagle Eye folks, called uh, before, before they fixed that. Um, also, uh, there's a couple other other uh, Zootopia uh, and another Pixar film coming out, as well as Avatar 3. And then in 2026, uh, we get Frozen 3, uh, Toy Story 5, and Mando and Grogu has been confirmed to be the first next Star Wars film to to come out. And I think I know I think we mentioned last week that uh, production is allegedly supposed to start in, in June of this year. So. Those are all the things as far as genre related stuff. And then just other just interesting business news, especially given that a Super Bowl week. Um, uh, ESPN is uh, still launching their standalone streamer, but also uh, ESPN Fox at WB Discovery um, is creating an omnibus sports app for, for live stream and sporting events. And also given that it's Super Bowl week, Taylor Swift's Airbus tour is coming exclusively to Disney Plus on March 15th with five bonus songs. So with that, I will turn it back over to you, my friend. What uh, commercial or previews do you think is going to drop during the Super Bowl? Uh, I think we'll definitely get Deadpool. Okay. Um, a teaser or a full trailer? I think a teaser. I mean, I know this, but you know, but given that, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get. We'll, this will be the teaser. We'll probably get, I guess, the official trailer. I guess, but like in These April, days, teasers are practically trailers. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it's basically like, is it two minutes versus three minutes? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> what else besides Deadpool? Hmm. Um. Probably Inside Out too. Yeah, we'll think Inside Out too. Yeah. And uh, you know, I haven't really. I'm just sort of. Treating the Super Bowl ads sort of like I'm like I treat trailers for upcoming films these days. It's just sort of like I'm just waiting to be surprised on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about yeah. trailers now, you you don't have to watch the game if you just want to watch the trailers because yeah. they'll be on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of the wind. Um, like it's lost. It's just like with trailers for movies. I'm like, why, why, why is it important to see the previews? Because yeah. you can already see them on YouTube. Like exactly. it makes yeah. no sense to me in this day yeah. and age. And that's why they put 20 minutes worth of previews in front of movies. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> God, I'm not over it. I am not either. I'm not either. I, you know, I hadn't even been to a it. few more a, a bit before I have to go back to the theater to watch something because yeah. <laughs> I'm scarred. I'm scarred <laughs> bad. But but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what. And you know, the one thing that Deadpool has going for it is obviously Ryan Reynolds. And <laughs> Ryan Reynolds can be a marketing genius about stuff. So oh, yeah. it'll yeah. be interesting if it's a real trailer or a Ryan Reynolds trailer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I could see. Yeah, I could see him. I could see Ryan and Hugh Jackman sitting on the couch like they did whenever they like teased it that he was coming back to you know was going to be in Deadpool three and um yeah doing something like that again just to bring it all full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we shall see about that. Um. So I I text or I sent you a message this weekend on yeah. um so I'm still I'm gonna finish marry my husband okay I think we got two two more weeks left of it yeah I think there's four more episodes but I have to tell you like it's losing me it's mm. losing me. It, and it's it's funny because I was so high on those first four episodes, and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out if if it was 
the high from the binge because I didn't, I, I watched all of those like back to back to back to back. So it was in that world. Or is it because I have a problem when it becomes very obvious to me that there is nothing wrong with the main character? <laughs> <laughs> if the main character is so likable, I'm like, mm -hmm. this, this, this is boring as all fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see good things happen to good people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what's the point right right huh i don't know it's That's... it's just i i'm i still am curious about what's it gonna what where's it gonna go but i just feel as though the um having both of them travel back sorry spoilers spoiler alerts to anybody who gives a crap about this show but to I think I was so curious about those first four episodes because mm -hmm. I knew that they didn't know that each other both had traveled back in time. Mm -hmm. But now that they do, there's all of these odd obstacles that the writers keep trying to throw in the way. And I'm like, yeah, this ain't working. This mm. is not, this is not working. This is not how you write good conflict in my opinion so mm, mm. yeah but i it's interesting yeah yeah it's just it's funny how shows will do do this to me and i'm finding that with a lot of k-dramas particularly i tend to like the beginning more mm. than i like the end mm. do you think it's and, and you raised something at the very outset do you think it depends on like if some things are are better to be benched and and so with so you can keep that momentum throughout versus uh, versus that weekly release because i i know just as we're as we're with this, at least one of the shows we're going to be talking about tonight i'm i'm glad that we're binging it because it, it, if i if i had watched it and i'm talking about reacher week to week i would definitely be it would be, it would have been harder to like keep my interest for for various reasons. <laughs> well, I don't know yet. I haven't figured it out yet because yeah. I'm also I started a few weeks ago uh, on Netflix. Doctor Slim premiered, mm -hmm. and I've been watching that. Um, I'm behind on one episode, but I, I'm I'm liking it. However. I, I have some issues with the flashbacks because uh, K-dramas are making the mistake that it took a while for us Americans to learn. You don't have main characters who are in their like mid-20s, late 30s, play their younger versions of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Asians age very differently than us. I yep. understand that. I see it all the time. Yep. But, but... But no, 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 yeah. no, please don't, please don't yeah. make, yeah, so, so some of the flashbacks are a bit cringe, but, but I kind of like it because they're dealing, these two people are dealing, well, at least one of them, the girl character is dealing with a real issue, okay. <laughs> um, with, with depression and it's, and it's kind of interesting. Um, so I'm very curious about w where she goes and then I'm going to start either this weekend or next weekend, because it's just coming out, I think tomorrow, um, a killer paradox. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that list with the uh, listing of, uh, upcoming Netflix case shows uh, for the year. Yeah. yeah. The, the lead actor in it, um, also was the lead in parasite. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, has been in a bunch of other things, but, um, so, so I, I I also watched the trailer and I was like, okay, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I don't I don't know, but but so I'm I'm gonna see if if I'm noticing that because I'm not binging these, I'm mm -hmm. like watching week to week, or it could just be the story itself. Mm -hmm. Like like we we shall see. Um, because not all of my binges in the past have been. Like, I, I do tend to lean heavily on, I really like the way this started. I'm really not sold on how this is ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
Yeah. And, and on that note about binges and, and whatnot, um, I want to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith first, actually. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, yeah. And, and you watched it before I did. So, so what were yeah. your thoughts on, um, the first date? First date. Um, it was very, very well named as far as it being a, a very a first date because it definitely had, had that all those, those awkward moments whenever you're first meeting someone and just fill it, you know, fill it out and, and their personality and learning about them. But I will say that I, for, for a pilot episode, I, it, 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 it got me, it grabbed me. I was really, um, engaged with it uh, and you know whenever it got to the end i was like oh gosh right i was ready to jump right on to the second one but i know i was like no 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 i i'm going to restrain myself and 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 all but i i really liked the i, I liked it i mean of course uh, just to, just to set set it up for folks who, who think this is a remake remake of the uh, brangelina version it is not uh, they it has the same name but uh, they uh, did tweak the um, the the series here on on Amazon, starting starring Donald Glover and uh, Maya Erskine, and uh, in, instead of like in the movie where the uh, the couple they're married and they're pit to you know kill one another, uh, here the the two leads are um, single and 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 put together for their first mission, which is like I said, aptly named first date for the first episode right but it goes beyond just that yeah. like there the the whole episode i was i was thinking about like and i'm not i'm still not sure how i feel about this show um mm -hmm. because of this um the the company mm -hmm. the mysterious elusive company yeah. that demand that first sends the emails and says hi hi <laughs> <laughs> second um makes you give them a fingernail clipping mm -hmm. and and there was even a line where i think john went off and said why are you asking me all these questions about my love life yeah. um and and yet and i was thinking i was like dude you gave them a fingernail clipping. Where are the questions about that? Like, well, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like the way they structure that introduction of for the two of those characters because. Oh well, like it's it's throughout the entire episode where just yeah. when I think we're not going back to that interview, it circles back to it because yeah. they they definitely parallel the the. The question, the inner, the final interview that both of them went through with all of their actions that occurred on the quote unquote first date, first meeting. Yeah. And, um, and I thought I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the writing is really good. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm, where I'm stuck is that I just, I don't know how necessary it is to have this vibe that is a Sam Esmail Hallmark card. <laughs> mm. You know that, you know the vibe I'm talking about when I say Sam Esmail. It's the same thing we saw in Homecoming and mm. Mr. Robot. Like they're, they're not going full Esmail on this where yeah. it's, it's like this mix of decades and Mm -hmm. Um, but, but there is something about the scoring. I think it was the scoring of this mm. uh, show so far and, and arguably the writing, which can be a compliment. I mean, Sam Esmail is a really good writer. So that just makes me like, I've seen this before. <laughs> well, so so Donald Glover and uh, I think was it Francesca, one of his his co-writers on Atlanta, um, or I think Sloan, I think is her last name is was the is the writers for the series. And Phoebe Waller Bridge actually was supposed to be um, Jane Smith at, at first, but uh, oh, creative you made the right choice. 
Yeah, creative differences. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, even I was I was happy to read an article in the Hollywood Reporter this week uh, with Donald talking about you know, the fact that Phoebe left the project and basically, yeah, um, yeah, it just came down to creative decisions and it, their writers' room just didn't get didn't flow. But so I, I totally see where you're going with the, uh, the Ishmael influences, but also, you know, having I haven't watched like Swarm as far as Glover's other show, but it, but I watched you know I was. Big fan of Atlanta. I talked about mm-hmm. some here on the podcast and stuff. Yeah. And there's 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 structural elements and things that I I see in his writing of shows that um, was was at play here. And it is the narrative and this is sort of structure as far as you know, this particular with John character in, in some regards reminded me of Earn from 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 Atlanta. So. Um, is that the character that he played on Atlanta yeah. or did he play? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, Donald Glover for, I I think those who are going to watch the first episode and at least give this a shot are a fan of him. And mm-hmm. so they're not expect, I don't think, I think it would be weird if he wasn't playing just another version of who he's played in the, like he's that well known. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, with, and then Erskine, she, I know from, um, it's on Netflix now, but I watched it a few years ago. Plus one. Okay. With, um, Mm -hmm. with our boy blank Quaid. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not not Dennis. Yeah. 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 He, 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 and he's why I watched it, but I, Mm -hmm. and so going into this, I was like, I really liked her in that yeah. movie and i have seen because i watch hulu shows i have seen all of her tra- the trailers for i think it's like pen 115 or something yeah um that i think she even did some of the writing for she so did. i i think the pairing really good between yeah. the two of them i um like i said i think the writing is really good um there is, it's a lot of conversations, mm-hmm. but, and even when they're talking about random stuff or, or he's really trying to like pull teeth out of this very secretive person, yeah. um, it, it, there, how do I put this? I, I can appreciate how. There, as this was a very much a first date because of the psychological warfare that was yeah, going between was. the two of them. <laughs> yes, it totally was. <laughs> <laughs> and and yet, you know, you know what? And he came off as really likable, mm-hmm. and she came off exactly how I think they want her to come off as where. You view her basically, I think, through John's lens, yeah. where where she seems like very normal, but it sticks with you that line that she says during her interview. She's she's been known to be very secretive, like yeah. that's her. Well, I forget say, exactly. Did you say she like sociopath or antisocial tendencies? Antisocial yeah. tendencies is why she didn't get in the CIA. Yeah. And, and, you know, they did the long game in this episode where while I'm thinking, like, what company is this? Like, what is going on here? What's with the damn fingernail clipping? And if they don't answer that question, Will, by the end of this season, yeah. I will reject this show. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know about that. But yeah. moving on, they... they um now I've completely forgotten my point, but yeah. 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 Well, so, yeah, so well, I remember, oh, yeah, while, go ahead. while I kept the questioning about this company, they played the long game because towards about halfway through, I started to think, why did they even apply? Like, why did yeah. they a, apply? Why did mm-hmm. they a, accept this? Yeah. And yet they, they both realize and you as a viewer realize they literally nobody they they want to do a job mm-hmm. and this is the only place that would take them yeah 
Yeah. Now, now here's the thing. It's kind of like you guys are supposed to be real smart, (laughs) even (laughs) though one of you got dishonorably discharged and the other (laughs) wasn't even let in to the, to the building, you know? Um, so, so you don't, you don't question why this company would just take you like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. Weird. yeah I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it was like, it was, as you were, as you were describing the company, I thought about two things. Um, one, as far as that mid sense part, when they were having the interrogation as far as you know, not, not their interrogate well i guess it was like an interrogation because i mean you know let's just let's call it what it is i mean first dates usually are you are interrogating the person sitting across the table from you um and i like how you said psychological warfare because there's some of that that goes on with that but um you know you know john asked the question are you there for for romance um and i and i could not help but think back to the very beginning of the episode Mm-hmm. Uh, when we get we we when we get first introduced to the other the, I guess the their predecessors I assume it's their predecessors, right? Um, and you know and they you know clearly they were you know tired of running, and 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 it seemed that they maybe they didn't start the job for romance but clearly it did build into into one because you know the reactions that they they were having as far as the couple and stuff uh when the i guess when the company came or whoever it was came to 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 take them out and um and, and maybe that's you know that's a, that's an outstanding question for me it's like you know why was this why was the other john and jane smith taken out at the beginning and how that's going to you know, float to the overall story that's going on in, in, in this series, because um, you know, because of like I said, it, you know, it, it, if 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 operatives get too close, is that a, do they feel that that will, that's a, a thing for compromise? Because or does it flow to what what they were talking about when they were in a call in the in the restaurant about the whole KGB, you know using this you know using that spousal relationship thing as a way to ensure loyalty between the two the two operatives so you know there's there's th- that was one of the things i liked about this series is that you know when you start to really decode it and think about what they were just, some of the little things that were in there they they really were like starting to lay the groundwork for for a lot of little threads that i hope hopefully as the series progresses that we'll pick up on some of those things yeah 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 we'll see we'll see i mean i i buy into the fact of why the couples Mm -hmm. but and i can totally see it ending up being that the company um hunted down other john and other jane because they ran away because they wanted to still be married and still live their life, but no longer be working for the company. Mm-hmm. So, but, but at the same time, it's, it's interesting. So, so that happens and you as a company, you don't think, Oh, our, our, uh, our logic is flawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or you don't think we have a we have a bad product here. This isn't working because these people end up falling in love. Or maybe that's the point because while you were talking, I kept thinking about how, in a way, they they structured the final interview very much like Match.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's so it almost felt like they were on a dating show and okay we're gonna pair you two up because we think you you're antisocial you like to talk and and you're gonna find some romance in that um as well as loyalty and you both want to potentially die so here you go um here's a high risk situation to be in so so yeah it's 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 different. It's definitely different. And I like all of the changes they made to from the original property. And and I, I'm on board. I just there was something about 
and I'm just going to go back to this. Um, yeah. The Esmail of it all, and I know he has nothing to do with this show, but the fact that that Homecoming was on Amazon <laughs> was just like... <laughs> an amazon thing i don't know anymore there's something odd here yeah well let me ask you this before we before we before we move on to our our next topic but was it because there there was one thing that i did have a did have a little bit of quibble about i did feel like they lingered on scenes a, a bit long how so um and and it just points a lot of staring a lot yeah a lot of staring yeah yeah a lot of lo- so, looks and you know th- this dialogue would be spoken and then things would just sort of hang there for just just for a, a bit long a bit long in the take and then they would move to the next thing and and part of that like whenever they were on the park bench and even when they were in the in the restaurant uh i mean that i mean i, I get thematically and why that was the case um because because again, like you know, they are playing a ca- sort of cat and mouse games as far as he's probing and and, and all that. Um, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily why they did that, but yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because I did. I, I, um, something I like about the way this was shot and edited is it felt like an indie movie mm. because you get a lot of long pauses on people and um lingering shots in indie movies and um to go back to k dramas i i i refer to this in the show duna um mm. i think it was my number two k drama of last year yep. um, because it was shot in a way that's very different i mean we're about to t- talk about reacher reacher isn't shot like that reacher it's okay team together group shot and then you focus on one and to get some reaction shots, but it's mainly focused on Reacher, who's doing like 50 lines of exposition. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Gus, who's explaining. And and yeah. so it's it's not there's a there's a um momentum that is mm-hmm. needed in a show like um Reacher where it's very thrilling. Um and it's almost like things have to be sped up. Um, mm-hmm. characters, you can't sit with the characters in one situation for too long. You have to get to the next because it's all about, okay, the next clue, the next this, the next that. While with with a indie movie or a a show that is shot in this way, um, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is, because you don't you don't have that many characters. You only have two arguably characters Hmm. and so so you don't have a lot of things to jump to and there's not the pace is much more slowed down and it's much more about the conversations and and i think also the more now that i'm talking about this out loud um a lot of the stillness is because it's about the things that a are not said Mm-hmm. And you you're giving a chance for the actors to really emote. Okay, she said this, or he said that. That. Mm-hmm. So now, now, what do I say in response? Yeah. So, so I, I, I can. Sometimes it gets a bit draggy, mm-hmm. but I'll be honest. For me, it wasn't that. The, I think it really was the score. Yeah. And some yeah. of the design of especially the um the company. Mm-hmm. Severance is a good, another good comparison now that I'm thinking about because Severance has a company and it's a very retro style mm-hmm. like similar to Hi Hi. Um so so yeah, I I um I can understand that. Sometimes it's it's too slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no talking and you're just like, okay, what is this yeah. <laughs> movie? Like, let's go. Um, but, but they, then they really back in. So it's, yeah. it's good. I mean, <laughs> to now that to talk about Reacher, yeah. Reacher faces the opposite um, problem almost to an extent where 
I don't know if they have too much going on or not enough going on, or it's just like so obvious what's going on. <laughs> I think it's the it's the latter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's still not I I mean, I'm glad we're talking about Reacher's season two. I think we needed some an easy watch. Yeah. Um, a watch to really to um to have conversations about this, about like different shooting techniques, different paces, mm-hmm. and in the same genre. I mean, yeah. both of these shows, technically, I would put them in the same genre. But, um, but yeah, we have we have Reacher episode five, Burial, mm-hmm. or and Reacher episode four, and Night at the Symphony. Symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the symphony? You know, the more I think about it, the fourth episode really got into like at its core was when they were sitting there piecing together everything in the in the shop, in the restaurant, um, and going through trying to figure out what's what the connection with all these pieces of, of um, evidence they had gotten from New Age, and you know, and the question comes up about swan and what was swan's um involvement with all this and the thing that really i think stands out to me with the with with, with this episode is uh reacher reacher's relationship with his team and and how he views his team like the interactions with swan and o'donnell in particular i, I think of like you know with with swan he you know he just could not even though everybody else around him was like look he might be dirty but reacher just could not you know he he still had that 110 esprit de corps we're back you know back in the day when we were unit view of of things uh and even whenever you know and, and and i use o'donnell as a counter as a point also because you know, he still sees O'Donnell as the guy back in the 110, not the domesticated guy who, you know, he does a few shady but legal things to, you know, to get information on people. But the bigger point is, you know, O'Donnell now is a family man and 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 he has a new life and 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 Reacher is seems seems to be kind of just in some way stuck in 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 the past about his 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 thoughts of people and don't realize that people can grow and change and you know you know it's not a it's not a static thing i mean people are people are dynamic right right that's a, that's a good point and a good observation i i didn't think about that juxtaposition because honestly this whole swan situation is driving me crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just because it is driving me crazy just because in my opinion, the odds are very high that Swan will be good when all is said and done. Mm. And and all I keep thinking about the way they're setting it up to make the viewer think that he's going to end up bad and dirty. All of the counter arguments, all of the pieces that kind of point. I'm just like, as a writer, you have better make this make a lot of sense of why he's not dirty. (laughs) (laughs) There better be a very logical explanation for A, why he's still alive, Mm -hmm. and B, like, how he's still able to do, like, work with um, Langston, because Langston even has moments in both of these episodes where he makes comments, oh, these are Swan's old friends and everything, like, and it and it doesn't sound very past tense where Langston knows he's dead, um, yeah. Swan's dead. So all the clues, but like like again, from in my opinion, it's it's just driving me crazy because I don't know if the writing behind the show is gonna be able to pull that off the way they 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 want to. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I don't I'm not that optimistic that that's gonna that's that that's gonna be like all that surprising um but 
I, I I couldn't really understand the flashback in the fourth episode. I understood mm-hmm. the flashback in the fifth episode. Right. Um, I like it because essentially Swan ends up saving Reacher's life and and he says, okay, now you owe me one. And which leads into to what you were saying before about how Reacher's kind of stuck. Um, well, with that line and knowing that that happened in the past, mm-hmm. Then is he stuck or does he just have he's he's the type of person where like when he owes something to someone, he will make sure to return that debt in full and then some like and and at the same time, like all of these people who have died so far that were part of the 110 at one point he was responsible for and. To him, that's still his family, whether they haven't seen each other in yeah. in an hour or 10 years. Like, he yeah. still feels the need to protect them to his best ability. So I, I do want to say one thing about, about Swan, and then I'll let it go. But I wish that the flashbacks um, had more to do with Swan and less to do with France. Mm. Because I feel as though, especially in the first four episodes, a lot of the flashbacks, we see a lot of Nigli, we see a lot of Franz. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, Franz, you you seem like one hell of a character, except you're dead. (laughs) I don't care. Swan, and and I get Nigli, I understand that. I understand Dixon to an extent, but... But Swan's the person who's questionable in present day. Mm-hmm. So I just, I wish that since they, they made the decision to do flashbacks, they would have committed a little bit harder and would have focused more on that relationship between um, Reacher and Swan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... To your point, bringing up the flashback when it had the drug deal and the 40, what was it, 40, we're supposed to be 48 bricks and only 47 showed up. Was that was, yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and how they set that up to your point about, you know, they're doing all these, laying all these little things out here because, you know, there was the conversation about, you know, the drug dealers and, you know, and, 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 and how lucrative it is. And yet, you know, here we are just a bunch of soldiers and we're just, you know, so they, you know, they, they, they try to lay the, the, the foundation for, you know, showing that Swan's susceptible to be in on the take. Um, but I, I'm, I, you know, so I, to your point earlier about, you know, are they doing all these things? It's a misdirection at the end of the day, it's going to be Swan who, you know, is actually was really on the inside trying to get investigate Langston and, and and got close and doing all these things to just, you know, bring this thing down or is he really dirty? And so, uh, you know, so, you know, I think they're, you know, I see what they're doing. And, and, and like you said, as you said, hopefully they can successfully pull that off. Um, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think the, that was, to me, that was the point of that flashback, just to sort of set the foundation uh, to, to, to establish all, while the rest of the team is is doubting uh swan at this point but reacher like you said uh especially when we learn the events in the fifth episode why he he feels uh he, you know he owes a debt or reacher just might be a dude that's just really big in denial <laughs> big in denial or just going through a moment of hypocrisy because mm-hmm. what i what i there were a few lines um, and I'm, I'll give it to O'Donnell. I'll give it. I still think he was miscast, but I'll give it to O'Donnell. I think <laughs> yeah. he even points this out. Like, I think Reacher and how he feels about Swan, again, is making a big assumption. Mm-hmm. And and he also, and what I appreciate about um, episode five, the burial episode, is the assumption he he has had for a while now about good old uh, Gus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who who 
who just wants to be your friend, Richard. <laughs> I, he's like, I want to be on the show too, buddy. <laughs> Let me in. I want to be in the club. <laughs> Let me in. Um, for for a moment there, uh, while they were observing him, I'm like, oh, is he is he an uncle? Like Franz's wife's uh, brother? Like they yeah. could have easily done that. That would made a that would have made arguably even more sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I understand why they did what they did because um, the fact that his father, we got of course all of the father problems very prevalent <laughs> in in these shows, yeah. and and the sons trying to um, get revenge and. And also that link then that uh, knowledge and background he has about the NYPD and how Langston and all of his buddies at New Age in their security division were were bad cops. Mm-hmm. And and so and so in a very short scene, we learn a lot of information about Gus and we l- learn that he also has a stake in this as well. Um, it's not all about Reacher. And and I appreciate that. And and I think that scene in particular just goes back to what I was saying last week, where I find it very interesting that despite the size difference between these two actors, there's something about the actor who plays Gus where he he can stand up to Reacher and and not not become a caricature. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like you you believe this guy, and you you understand him and his perspective on everything. And they, I think he raises Alan's performance as Reacher. Oh yeah, I completely uh, agree. So in, in the few scenes that, that we have them in, like I would just like a Gus and Reacher buddy cop show. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just say and you know, we, we saw an old friend. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. Like throw him in there too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I miss I miss uh, elbow patches. So yep. <laughs> so yeah. see him. I'm fine. I was like, where are all the people I saw the first season? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I was gonna. I'm glad that they had Finley back, especially being in Boston and 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 all. Because and, and you're right. I mean, both he, uh, the actor who plays Finley, and also the actor who plays uh, Russo, they, whatever they play off of uh, Alan, they 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 do bring more out of him. They all they all do have good scene chemistry together. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, after you brought it up, and you know, after thinking of you know, watching the uh, watching these last two episodes, uh, your 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 critique of how how of Alan's uh, acting style with with this character definitely uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> I noticed it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was, Once you see it, you can't unsee I it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, but uh and like and, you know i think he even messaged over the weekend i was like earlier this week i was like i don't know if it's if it's the way he's written or if it's the way he's playing it uh, or or if, or if it's just right. is, is, or if it's just him right. um because because and and, and 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 so yeah so whatever that natural that charisma that we see alan when he's like giving interviews and when he's talking that comes through when he's playing off a of russo and finley more yeah. so than some of the other characters because he's a very you know he is a very personable guy and you get that versus like when he's with the team it's very like still and maybe that is intentional where it is that commander subordinate relationship and he always has to be in that command rigid mode so maybe but, that's what it is but even if it's intentional yeah i would say then you then it doesn't mean as a viewer you have to like it yeah. like like actors and directors can make these choices, and then we we watch the show and we're like, oh, that was a bad choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. call it like, and I just I just the the I understand these people are um, 
making these decisions about what this character is and how he behaves and how he interacts with everyone he comes off of encounters at everything. And even if there's intention, well, it doesn't always mean it was the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> <It's always laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think that it's actually better. It says more about Alan as an actor to say that you don't know if it's because he's playing it that way or if it's because it's written that way. Like, that's perfect because then you can't blame his acting completely and you can't blame the writing completely. Like, there's something else that just isn't jiving because there are moments with other actors in other scenes where it's like, no, this is Reacher. This is perfect. Yeah. But there are other moments where it's like, what the heck, guys? This is yeah. so great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like bad. It's like it's like going back to homages to the '80s action hero. <laughs> yeah, and and something I could not help but notice throughout these episodes, and and I forgot to bring this up last week. Um, probably because, and I probably didn't because we hadn't gotten, hadn't seen it too many times. But <laughs> have you noticed? And basically, all of these episodes. Dixon and Niggly are always paired up, and O'Donnell and, and Reacher are always paired up. Yep. Why? 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 Like, uh... someone explain this to me. And, and here's my big question. Because they started a... And they, they still are going for this whole idea that Reacher and Dixon, like, want to be together. Yeah. Yet, yet you don't let that like them constantly be together on screen (laughs) i just i don't understand that um i i can understand niggly because we we almost had like the first full episode with her and reacher and and there's something about their dynamic where i don't need more to buy into their relationship their friendship or how they view each other um, and it could be because um, they make it a point, they make it a very obvious point that, like, you have o- O'Donnell and Dixon on one side of, like, how to grow up after military. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have these two who are just wanderers um, in their own way. Yeah. But, so it's that contrast, but it's just, I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the same old pairings here, guys. It's, it's episode five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On. Even though the pairings worked, I will say the pairing with Neagley and Dixon worked well with episode five, especially when they were in Denver and finding out with they're on this road with the, uh, weapons, the little late, the, was it the little wing? I think it's called the, um, weapon it's system. Yeah. Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see that that pairing thing that you're, that you're talking about. Um, speaking of Denver and stuff, I know we we got we 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 had the uh, very convenient plastic surgeon looking like the like the bad guy. <laughs> uh, that that very conveniently had nobody else but his receptionist in the office that day. Yeah, yeah um yeah so once the cover was blown i was like yeah this yeah we we see where this is going <laughs> at first i was like yeah i was like are they the same actor and they just like cutting scenes different but no nah, i think they were two different actors but uh they definitely did have a resemblance um and but you know we you, you, and, I, and i like you know I, I, I did like the way they pulled back in addition to finley they did bring back the the fact that joe's brother uh reacher's mm-hmm. brother was killed you know, pulling that, um, I guess, sort of that continuity from season one into season two, uh, just to, to remind us about, you know, the reference to those the events of him being framed for his brother's murder um, and, and, and bringing that up um, at, at whenever they were talking with the feds and, you know, all the intel trying to figure out how this guy got to the country and stuff so i mean there's you know like as the series has progressed um it, i as a it, it, it's it's enjoyable like it's this easy watch uh i'm glad i'm doing it this binge way though instead of like week to week because i feel like this is one of those show. It, it, this is one of those times i think it's probably it would have been okay if they had i'm okay binging this one 
relatively benching, not like, you know, within one weekend, but uh, going, you know, burning through it pretty fast like we are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is not a week to week show. Um, I haven't watched enough of Mr. and Mrs. Smith to make that decision, but I I could have easily done this all in one batch and would have been fine. Probably would have been better, higher on the series. But at the same time, I think it's I think that week to week just allows you to sit with things more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even so, even though arguably you can binge any show. Yeah. Um, and and just and have watched it, but sometimes when you break it up, it's like okay, I got a little dose of it. Now I get to step away for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and and then your mind starts wondering. It's like oh yeah, I was in the middle of the show. What what's going on this time? So yeah. So yeah. yeah in this in this age of streaming, um, it's very interesting how how you can um, vary how you consume different shows. Yeah, totally, totally. Because I mean, you know, to your point about letting things sit. I mean, we had, you know, there's the whole political in- angle of the show with the with the senator, and and we have the in in a, in a situation where you know it's not the senator was playing to look, Reacher, you're you're I, you're not going to help me. I'm going to help you, and you know, and again. Um, it, with with trying to see, you know, of course he was on the taken and, and and as well, and and how all that's going to play out in this in this series too. Uh, because again, you you, you got to have a if if you're going to be dealing with arms dealers and that kind of stuff, you're going to have to have the crooked senator. Um, uh, and and so, uh, you know, seeing O'Donnell's skill set like he was. You know, after after the military, it's like the thing you know, and, and working with aid, and you know the the ball you know with the tickets and all that kind of stuff. I, I I this week I was really these two episodes I was really feeling O'Donnell better. Where I was just sort of like, okay, now he was. This is where I think it was good casting uh, to, to to disagree with you that he was miscast. Um, because mm-hmm. I think this these two episodes really for me like. Okay, I'm buying O'Donnell now, um, mm-hmm. because of of the, of the things that they did in these like that and the things that the character did these last two episodes. Yeah, Senator Lavoy um, mm-hmm. is is basically given Reacher the the go ahead to continue being a cowboy, not because he's a crooked senator, but because he's a stupid senator. Yeah. Where when when he's like, I had no idea like other people would want to be interested. <laughs> like the the insanity of having to say that line or those lines where it's like, I had no idea that this this technology would be sought after by other other countries who, like, yeah. who would be our enemies like really yeah like, <laughs> like come on yeah come yeah. on we are we already have one langston on this show How, right. why do we have to have two but but then again it, it made it made it better when he was basically like i'll let you do everything off books and all of that yeah. So 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 basically, given Reacher the go ahead to pull some real cowboy shit, yeah. which which is needed, it's needed for Reacher. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the man's got to do what the man's got to do. This is not a legit operation, and we need the go ahead from a very stupid senator. So, yeah. but but yeah yeah the the villains y'all, can we can we raise the bar? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 let's have a political intrigue drama, um, with spy thrilling action. Then don't make your don't make your uh, villains so stereotypical and so stupid. Like, yeah. I can't, yeah. can't. Yeah. We need smart villains. We do. It just, it just. <sighs> Where's Homelander? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very soon, very soon, my friend. Very soon. <laughs> Homelander arguably isn't even st- smart. Well, there's a whole thing you can say about that. <laughs> I don't know. 
All right. Well, on that note, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me X, formerly known as Twitter, at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And also, uh, next week is the anniversary of Star Trek Picard Season 3, so I'm going to be uh, doing a uh, review of a documentary about the making of Star Trek Next Generation called Chaos on the Bridge. So look forward to, uh, to drop on our channel next week. Whoop, whoop. I'm sure many of our listeners will tune in. Um and adore all of the Star Trek love they get from you, Will. And you can follow me on Twitter, or formerly known as, or X, formerly known as Twitter. See, I never have to say it, because Will always says it, so I can just say <laughs> there, too. <sighs> Damn it. Um, but you can follow me there, too, at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Bye.